This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, friends. This is the week we have all been waiting for, the week of the Western Conservative Summit happening now at the Gaylord Rockies. Conservatives from all over the country flying into Denver, Colorado, coming up with a Western Conservative strategy. What is it that we need to do to make sure that we're advancing America's founding principles here in the Western United States, making sure we're addressing the issues? Uh, and we have some wonderful main stage speakers. We have organizations, over 50 organizations that are a part of this, uh, all hosted by Colorado Christian University because we are committed in our strategic priorities to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but also the original intent of the Constitution, religious freedom, the sanctity of life. I know there's not a lot of universities out there in the country like that, but CCU is one of them. I am so honored to have on the show right now from Alliance Defending Freedom, Matt Sharp. Matt serves as senior counsel and state government relations national director director with Alliance Defending Freedom, where he focuses on state and local legislative matters. CCU is a client of Alliance Defending Freedom. They are wonderful partners. Mike Ferris, their president and CEO, is a great friend. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Matt, as you know, Alliance Defending Freedom, or as our listeners would know, Alliance Defending Freedom was key in helping secure victories for Jack Phillips, whose bakery is just down the street from uh, CCU. He's a great friend of ours. But there's a new case that has popped up. This is a really important case. It's one we're going to talk about at the Western Conservative Summit this year. Uh, it's one that's uh, gone before the U.S. Supreme Court, or I guess has been granted cert, so it'll be argued, I believe, next cycle. But I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us about the 303 creative case and why this is so important for our nation. Yeah. So 303 Creative, it's a case about the importance of free speech um, and the idea that no one should ever be forced to say something that they don't believe. And so our client, Lori Smith, uh, is an incredibly talented graphic artist and owns uh, her own company, 303 Creative. It's a design studio, and they do a, a variety of websites and, and other things for causes that she's passionate about. Um, and so she's, she's done things for veterans uh, program. She's done things for animal rescue programs. And the driving principle in all that she does is that she only wants to create speech and expression for causes and things that she believes with and that don't violate her beliefs. Um, but under the, the same law that was used against Jack Phillips, Lori is also being told that she has to promote and create websites for events that violate her beliefs, and specifically weddings. Um, Lori wants to be able to go into the wedding field, and if she does so, the state of Colorado is telling her she has to be willing to promote and celebrate same-sex weddings through the websites that she designs for these couples. So Lori is, is standing against this and saying, no, as a creative professional, as an artist, I can't be forced to create speech that violates my beliefs. It's this notion of kind of compelled speech, right, that, that if you get into any industry, well, then the state uh, can compel you uh, with regards to your words and your speech. Do I understand that right? That's exactly right. And one of the, the frightening aspects of this case is the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, the, the court right below the Supreme Court, ruled that what Lori did is free speech or that it's speech. It's protected by the Constitution. But nonetheless, said that under Colorado's law, the state can force her, can coerce her to speak a message she disagrees with. And so if you take that principle and, and like you said, you apply it to 
the rest of us, it has terrifying implications on the power of the government to come in and tell any of us, you must speak this message, you must promote this event, even if it violates your deepest core convictions. So I'm just going to take the other side here. What they argue is that, listen, you're in the marketplace. You need to serve everybody. Um, isn't that their argument that uh, we, the state has a compelling interest to make sure that people are treated equally when it comes to uh, how businesses serve people in the public square? No, and with Lori, she does serve everyone. Anyone that reaches out to her, she she's happy to serve, and she's actually done a variety of projects for clients that are LGBT. What she's asking for, though, is to not be forced to create specific messages, specific events, specific websites that are pure speech that support causes or ideas that she disagrees with. It's never about the person. It's always about the specific cause that she doesn't want to be forced to promote. And so, again, a comparable analogy is would we force a a Democrat uh, web designer to design a website for the Republican convention or something like that. And we would say, no, they shouldn't be forced to promote causes that they disagree with, even though they might, for the same individuals, do a personal website or a business website. And that's all Lori is asking is to say, I'm happy to serve everyone. Just don't force me to create speech and celebrate events and causes that violate my beliefs. And I think that's a really big distinction, right? Because a lot of people, and I've talked to the LGBT community, especially as it relates to Jack Phillips, and um, you know, they, they kind of assume that that Jack was this hateful man, and that he was uh, really motivated by anger and bigotry, and and that was what they were trying to expose. And then when you actually meet Jack, you realize he's the nicest, literally the nicest man in America. And they they found the guy that would probably do anything he could to serve people. He just doesn't want to be compelled to violate his own faith, his own, uh, his own conscience, and, uh, and be compelled to speak in a way that, that violated uh, his deeply held convictions. And so uh, this, this is a similar issue. Do you think, Matt, we're going to get to a place where uh, we can figure this out as a nation where— um, obviously it's, this is pride month and you've got rainbow flags everywhere. And so there's clearly a constituency within America that, that believes that, but then you also have, uh, Christians and uh, people of other faith, Orthodox faith that, uh, hold to maybe that marriage is between one man and one woman. Did you find that we're going to be able to find a place where we can live together? I'm hopeful we will, and I think the court taking Lori's case, and we're expecting it to be argued sometime this fall, is a sign of that, because a victory for Lori in this case is something that benefits everybody, because it will ultimately mean that that all Americans, uh, no matter their beliefs, no matter their values, have the same assurances that they won't be forced by the government to promote an event, to speak a message that they disagree with. And this is one of these principles we we look back in, in American history, and there was times where the government did try and force people to to do things to celebrate causes, and people successfully argued against it. And that's what Lori is, is stepping into, is that long line of cases that just simply say, we all ought to be very concerned when the government gets to decide what we say, what we think, what we can believe. And so it ought to be a unifying principle, because a government that can tell Lori what to do can tell an LGBT person what to think, or can tell a person of a different faith what to think and what to say and what to believe. And so it ought to be, and I think it is a unifying principle, and I, that's why I've been really encouraged to see even people that disagree with Lori's beliefs and stance nonetheless rally to her cause and say, although we disagree with your beliefs, 
we recognize that the principle here is one that protects us and our different beliefs as well. And this isn't doesn't necessarily always fall by ideological divisions within the U.S. Supreme Court, right? So I'm talking here with Matt Sharp. He, he serves as senior counsel and state government relations national director with Alliance Defending Freedom, one of the most important organizations in this nation at this hour. Go check out ADF.org or ADFlegal.org to get a chance to get to know more about what Alliance Defending Freedom is doing. But one of the things I've noticed, Matt, is that these religious freedom, uh, free speech, compelled speech cases don't always fall by ideological lines, right? You had this Boston case that just came out that was, I think, almost nearly, was it unanimous? I'm not an attorney, but I think it was unanimous with regards to the rights uh, uh, of to fly a Christian flag up in Boston that they couldn't be compelled against that. I know that's not the court case that we're arguing or discussing today, but um, the point I'm trying to get to is that this is not necessarily a conservative liberal issue. This is an American issue, the idea of, of free speech and compelled speech. Absolutely. In fact, we, we're starting to see some of the, the briefs filed in support of Lori's case. And when you look at them, you do get a broad diversity across the ideological spectrum. In fact, there was there's one some law professors, one of them that is a openly gay law professor. And he said the freedom that Lori's fighting for was so vital even to the to the gay rights movement because it, it protected our right to speak and advocate. And again, while we may disagree with their beliefs and their values, the, the principle here is one that does cut across the ideological spectrum because everyone can maybe remember a time in history when they were in a disfavored group, when they were in a group that the government didn't like, and the government was using its power to silence and censor them. And for those that can remember that, they ought to be standing with Lori, regardless of their ideology, but to stand with her and say, no government should have the power to do to Lori what it's doing, because if they can do it to her, they can do it to me. Matt Sharp with ADFlegal.org. Go to ADFlegal.org to learn more about the work of the Alliance Defending Freedom. We're going to be hosting ADF at the Western Conservative Summit this weekend. Matt, I believe you're going to be on stage with Lori. Is that correct? That's right, and we're looking forward to it and uh, letting people hear from Lori herself uh, about how she ended up fighting for free speech at the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, that, I mean, this is what I love. So we have people coming in. We're going to they're going to be on the main stage of the Western Conservative Summit. This is an important note. We will not be live broadcasting this conversation. So if uh, on the stage of the Western Conservative Summit. So if you want to see it, you need to go in person uh, to the Western Conservative Summit. But this is what is this is what we get to put together uh, where Average folks from the state of Colorado, the Western United States, are going to get to hear about this case, get a chance to meet Matt, get a chance to meet Lori, hear why this is so important to the future of our country. And so uh, the Western Conservative Summit will be hosting conversations like this. This isn't the only Supreme Court case that's going to be there. We're going to be hosting Joe Kennedy as well. He's the coach that was fired for uh, praying at the 50-yard line. He's going to open us up in prayer uh, Friday morning at the Western Conservative Summit. So uh, this is uh, just a taste of what you're going to experience. Matt, I am so grateful that you're going to be flying in, and thank you so much for making Lori available uh, for us at the Western Conservative Summit. Thank you. Well, thank you for giving her a place that she can share her story with. So uh, we've hosted Jack Phillips in the past. He got a standing ovation. Uh, these are the types of folks that we're going to be fighting for and for their freedoms. And so we're so grateful they're going to be a part of this year's Western Conservative Summit. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, hosted by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. We'll be right back. <laughs> 